What's up, Lemonheads? I'm Crystal, and I'm not by myself today. Emily's behind the camera today, but I'm here with Frank and Alan, and we are live at Service Titans Marketing Pro Summit in Draper, Utah, and it is beautiful, and we cannot wait to chat with you about marketing. Let's sip some lemonade. All right. <laughs> so the funny thing is these guys won the opportunity to be on the podcast which I'm not sure you guys are very convinced that that was a great prize. <laughs> uh, but we are really honored to have you guys with us. And um, as we were kind of talking through what are we going to talk about, what are we going to share about, um, you know, Frank started telling me his story um, about who he was and kind of how we got started a little bit. And so it was very interesting. And so we're going to talk a little bit today about how do you how do you start getting leads and where are you in your business and uh, capacity planning and things like that really really were what he was mentioning. And so I was going to let Frank tell us a little bit about the company, and I'm sure, Alan, you can jump in at any time. Well, we're a smaller company. We've been around for since 2008. Okay. Um, phone book age. Okay. So we have a hard time getting employees. Yeah. Um, so we did some marketing, cut it way back because we couldn't keep up with the yeah. demand. Now we got some good employees. Now we want to grow marketing, and it has totally changed, and I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yes, yes, which is the story of a lot of people's lives. So, you know, a lot of times you're busy running a company, and it's hard to focus on under starting to learn GLSA and PPC and a new website and all of those See, things. See, all that doesn't make no sense. Yes, like alphabet <laughs> soup. Alphabet soup, right? So, and then Alan, right, what do you do in the company? Oh, um, Everything. Well, he's, he's service manager. Service manager. Yeah, he's my right hand. Okay, so you're in leadership. Yeah. You're in leadership. Okay, okay. And so you mentioned the phone book error. So I can still show where in, in East Texas, where we live, that the phone book still generates tons of, of revenue. But you go to some of these cities and phone books are not even relevant anymore. You can't even get a tangible phone book anymore. Um, but it does go back to what you were doing then that was generating leads. Um, is probably you only stopped because you were over capacity. You couldn't, the journey, right, that the customer was going to have with your company was not what you wanted them to have. It was too much of a wait time. You were burning your team out probably if you would have kept going. So you dialed it back. And even in this short amount of time, marketing has drastically changed. So one of the things you mentioned is just understanding. How do I even understand what's going on? So, you know, we're here at the Marketing Summit, which is based around how to utilize service type and marketing pro services um, to their maximum ability. But what do you think is the biggest thing? Like, I really wish I understood what? What do you think that would be? <laughs> no, that's um, pretty much how to get started and how to keep it going. Yeah. That's the hard thing. Yeah. Keeping it going. Finding good balance. Good balance. Good operation. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, um, marketing is nothing without operations. So a lot of times when we're talking to new people at Lemon Seed, what we do is I'm going to ask you, like, we can make the phone ring. That's not going to be an issue. Especially if you have the budget, we can make the phone ring. The issue is going to be I, that's all that I can control. So then it's in y'all's hands, in your team's hands, to make the most of those calls. And so I always say I think the best place for people to get started is a good-looking company. What does your company look like? You know, does it have a good brand? Do you have some decent trucks? Do your team, does your team represent the company well? You know, is everybody walking around with a cigarette hanging out of their mouth and an untucked shirt and scraggly hair? Or are you at least having some level of expectation of 
a, a manicured approach. Used to, back in the day, you know, tattoos were a no-no and long hair was a no-no. Well, I live in the Bible Belt, so. <laughs> but now the world is a lot more accepting of different looks, but there is a difference in being manicured and being clean and your chucks being clean and things like that. So I always tell people, I think it's really important to start there. Start in a place of what do I look like and how is how am I going to be perceived in my community? And sometimes that's a pretty decent investment in itself, but it's, it's exactly an investment. But the next thing that I think is the next trigger I would pull is definitely going to be the website, a digital footprint and presence. Because if I, I mean, don't spend money on things that's going to drive things over to your website when your website's not good. Uh, and so I always tell people, start with a website company that will help you get foundational pieces in place and um, and start there. But if we were to get some leads sent to the sent to the website, and let's say they book a call, how good is the team at converting those, your CSRs, how well do they book over to your technicians, how well do they book? What do you think there? Um, I would say, I mean, right now, pretty good. At least as long as we're getting the leads, mm -hmm. um, we're able to book those jobs and get our technicians out there in a timely manner. So yeah. it, it's been up there. I can't exactly tell. I don't know exactly what our percentage is right now. <laughs> yeah. So do y'all yeah, have a maintenance program? Um, we do have a maintenance program. We just started one. Yeah. Our biggest problem in our town is people don't trust it because mm. we get a lot of big companies and stuff that come into town mm -hmm. and they're doing it again this year because it's booming. Mm -hmm. Door to door maintenance plan. If they don't uh -huh. make it, they leave. They lose their maintenance plan. Oh, and so, so people yeah. don't trust it. Yeah. So you guys have been around since two thousand and eight, which that's actually a pretty long. In, in stand, so my son was born in 2007, so like, and he's 15 or 16 years old, so you know, that that's nothing to shake a stick at, as we say. Um, that's got some pretty good longevity, and so I would actually play off of that. Like, hometown people, hometown company, like, we're not, you know, we've got this local connection to you. Um, because if we can just get the very base minimum of what we want to happen on every call is them joining our maintenance program, that is like base easy step there how can we get if i can get into the home right through a call whatever it is a maintenance tune or a tune up a tune up offer or if they have an actual issue like a demand call how can i at least get them on my membership plan so like they keep coming back um to me and i am their company and if you focus on that long term it really fills your shoulder season because you should have a secondary time uh, and right now people are going back and forth like our maintenance agreements the wave of the future or are they um, not? You know, or is it going by the wayside? I say if you own the thermostat, you own the home. However you own the thermostat. So I would have a sticker on every inside unit and every thermostat, a little bit tiny sticker. Because what's the first thing that happens when you walk into your house and it's too hot or too cold? You go to the thermostat, like, what's wrong? Yeah. Right? And so it's like, boom, there's your logo, there's your look, like, oh, yeah, that's who I call. Or you're going to open up the closet and be like, what's wrong with this thing? And there's your sticker there. Same thing I tell plumbers, you know, you're gonna first thing you do when the sink won't drain is you open the door like you're gonna be able to visually yeah. <laughs> laser into the into the but the first thing you do is I'm like, why would that not be the first place you have a logo or a hey your system could be under warranty call today. Yeah. Um, and so those are things that are basic pieces that you would start now. You'll be glad you started now, years from now, because we always started really building it. But again, I would always that's an easy thing. Brand is an easy thing in the website. Um, and then what is what do you think is the common fear among contractors with starting with web companies? That they're not going to do their job. They're not going to do their job, or you won't understand it. Or they, yeah. You know, like, how do I know, how do I hold them accountable? Spend a fortune yeah. not getting any 
Uh-huh. Yes, that's a big issue. Um, and a lot of times, it's a lot of it is on us as contractors, like understanding what is the true measurement, right? So what is, how do I know that they're not doing their job? We don't know. All we know is our phone didn't ring, right? That's most of the time contractors, that's how we base if people are doing their job. Well, my phone's not ringing. And so I always try to remind contractors, like, you should interview at least three different web companies and get them to give you their advice. They all are going to give a little different advice because... It's kind of like medicine. When you go in, the doctor's going to evaluate and he's going to give you a treatment plan, right? Every single doctor would probably give you a little bit different of a treatment plan because it's just an educated guess on what's going to fix your issues or drive more call volume for you. And so I always like to get three different opinions. And, and then I always encourage our limited clients, go with who you vibed with the best. Go with who you, who did you like their presentation? Who did you like what they said? I mean, some people... Just like in the air conditioning in the air conditioning world, people I may be the most expensive guy, but I did a much better job of answering the phone and selling it and building value. And so, when you interview them, you can tell them, "Hey, this is one of my concerns. How are you going to show me progress every month?" That's a good question to ask. Them. How are you going to show me what you've done for me each month? Um, and that's a valid question. And some people have live dashboards. Some people do reporting calls, like they mentioned in one of the breakouts earlier. And then some people don't do anything and they just expect you, well, when the phone's ringing, you'll know it's working. And so you may be like, well, not you. So I don't choose you because yeah. I didn't like that. Um, so that just not knowing that. Um, and then the other thing that I think website vendors should be talking to you guys about is that what actually is search engine optimization and how do you scale it for yourself? And so, for example, if I want to be known for AC Repair St. George, I also want to be known for a air conditioner repair, St. George. Is St. George the only name they call it? it yeah, is Southern Utah. Yeah, so I mean, so well, I live in East Texas, or I live in Angelina County, and yeah. so you would want to own any of the search terms that people are actually searching, though. So, like in my area, nobody searches HVAC contractor. That is not going to be a term that anybody uses where I live. Yeah. And so when a digital company's like, "Look, you're ranking number one for HVAC contractor." The next question I would say is, well, how many people searched that? Well, two. Okay. Well, I'm willing to lose those two people yeah. <laughs> to gain 30 more from over yeah. here. But And I'm not a digital expert. I just, my job is to, how can I have an educated opinion on digital services? And so that's how I would educate myself a little bit on, hey, and vendors can do a really good job of educating you in their, in their pitch of why you should be who they work with. Um, I also tell people that it's really easy to skimp on budget for digital when it really needs quite a bit of, of digital. It really needs quite a bit of your budget to be successful. You, yes, well, <laughs> and, and the reason is, is because you have your website and the website hosting, and then you're going to have like, you know, editing hours and updating and things like that. And if you have a chat that's on there or an online booking tool that charges. But what I, what I was saying is when you have um, those online tools we really need the the vendor i think this is where i was at you really need the vendor to provide you with solutions to your your issues and understanding how the dollars are spent so i website you've got the website you've got the hosting and you've got just any like design time that they need to spend on it and then you have search engine optimization and that's where they're actually optimizing writing search terms into your content and then really you need to provide you need to provide good pictures 
so they're not using stock images like they want to see pictures of you guys and pictures of your trucks and most men are not in line to have their picture taken yeah so that's one thing but I tell everyone another key thing is as soon as you can afford it even if you've got two trucks and four guys I would clean those trucks up really nice and get my guys in a nice looking uniform the best one they got and I would have a photographer come out for 500 bucks and take pictures of each of them my team the team together the team by the truck team in front of the building and I would have a slew of pictures that I could use on my website on social media if I needed to use a picture on a postcard I, you would have it and then I, I redo those every year just every year I schedule a big photo shoot just hopefully every year you're adding a few more trucks to the picture and a few more team members um, but that way too like if someone leaves you a review about how good the service was and let's say they mentioned and they say Adam did a great job you know so-and-so did a great job you would say, oh, I have a picture of Alan. I have a picture of Adam. I have a picture of Franca. And you can add the picture to the review. And it just makes things more interesting. Um, so if I had to tell anybody starting off, that's what it would be. Take a look at your brand. Take a look at your digital footprint and start honing. Every dollar I had would go to those things. And then as you start cash flowing a little better, then you can say, okay, now my brand's pretty established. People know who we are. I'm discoverable, right? People can find me to do business with me. Now let me start with postcards and mass media and a few things like that billboards and billboards are crazy all over the united states i never know who's going to have billboard opportunities or not yeah do y'all have billboards where you live yeah we do yeah yeah so i'm like, going digital yes yeah, which yeah. digitals so well so like i'm old school a little bit so static billboards actually are you know standard billboards. they just there's no share of voice on them like there it is all you see i think the key there is like every five six months i'd be changing out my creative so that it'd be something fresh but digital boards are cool because you can do some really fast things like happy valentine's day can be on there versus then the next day you could have it's spring yeah. versus with a static board it's a thousand dollars every time i rewrap it and so that's going to be my advice for for new contractors and then how do you guys prepare for any promotional things? Do you partner with your manufacturer? Do y'all not do promotions at all? What do you think about promotions? Um, our big thing there, in our industry, or where we're at, is coupons. People like coupons? Yeah, love. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So then, is coupons a part of your marketing strategy right yeah. now? And are they online coupons? Both online and, well, we're getting our website redone, but yeah, it's online and um, some mail. Okay, okay. Is it like a mass mailer, like in mass a red mailer. plum or something, or is it a, a specific targeted drug? Don't it's a mass mailer. And then we also have a coupon books that our community uses. It's really big. Okay. Like the kids sell them. And ah. It's like, it's huge. It's yeah. huge. It's huge. And we, so we've been in that for... And do y'all have a tracking number on it yep. from Service yeah, Titan? Yeah, yeah. And is it performing or is it more for branding? That will perform really well. Yeah. Really? Okay. Our mailers are probably one of our most... So can you put more than one coupon in that book? Mm -hmm. And how many do y'all put in there? Three. Okay. Well, four now. Yeah. So see, those are already great. Those are already great things. So that's a little bit of both. So that's a little bit of community involvement, kind of like I mentioned in my talk earlier. I would get, let's say the band kids, whomever's selling it, I would get those band kids together when you buy your coupon in there and say, hey, when y'all are going to be selling these coupon books, come by our office and let's take a picture of you holding the coupon books when the new ones are released and then put that on social media like we're super excited to support the band the boy scouts cheerleaders whoever's selling it um by making sure you check out our awesome coupons inside this book and support the 
banned. Yeah, I mean, it's eat free. Yeah. It's a free thing to do. And then what it does is all of a sudden those kids in the picture, the mom is going to go share it and say, all of a sudden they love cool heating and air conditioning. And you're right. like, ma'am, you ain't called me one time. But, uh, but you know. Yeah, we, we actually used to do a lot of community events, mm-hmm. but it was part of the whole, I don't have the people, so yeah. I'm going to cut way back. Yeah. I think you probably have to be, and I'm just guessing, I'm just going to make an educated guess here. I feel like you need to be a two or three million dollar company at minimum before you start looking even a part-time community support girl. Mainly because it it doesn't you probably need the help inside the office more than you need that. And so I hate to I hate to diminish it, but it it's a it's a long-term strategy. Adding a community marketer position is a long-term strategy for branding and name awareness. It's not a directional ROI. So if we were if you're going to take on a $100,000 salary by the time you pay a salary, pay benefits and all those things, and they probably need a vehicle to drive around in, you know, so you're, it's a pretty big investment for um, a, that, a smaller than that company. But to me, it's all about where your priorities really are. So if you're like, no, I'm ready to go for this, like, let's go in the community. Um, but a lot of contractors struggle with, like, how do I balance that? Um, and one way you can do that is just start, start choosing one cause that you're passionate about. Let's say it's veterans or dogs or children in foster care or something along those lines. Pick that one area and just do a few events around that one focus. That way, if you if you don't, it's not that you don't support the Boys and Girls Club, but let's say your focus is on the homeless, right? Ironically, like we're all about bringing comfort to the to your home and to the homeless, right? And so every year, three times a year, y'all make this big blanket donation y'all go hand out blankets as a team all around the city it still puts you out there you get known for it but it's controlled from a standpoint from an expense standpoint and from a team standpoint as well and so that's kind of a a cool thought that you might can kind of get the best of both worlds without it suffocating you well and being in a parade and stuff like that it's great it's expensive to build a really good float you know or things like that because do y'all have emily and i are trying to figure out what pioneer days are pioneer day yeah it's so the 24th is when they pretty much came and settled in utah the so do y'all just have a big party yeah it's like fourth of july it's like fourth of july because i'm like it's a holiday monday for y'all yeah. well okay. yeah for some and you get fireworks i think you get a pick and choose which yeah holiday. usually in company you can choose july 4th or july. Uh, okay it's super cool i mean i'm all for it but like that may be some like every year we don't do much other things, but we always do something at Pioneer Days. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, but yeah, big parades. Yes, I mean so there's there's ways to get your community support, and then just like your regular marketing, your advertising year after year, you add to that community support. Um, but every year when you're planning uh, your marketing budget, I would say I'm gonna pledge ten thousand dollars to give back to my community, and then how do I spend that ten thousand dollars? Is normally I try to encourage contractors get that anchor support cause that you want to be passionate about and if y'all either one of you or anybody in leadership or somebody behind the scenes has a tie to that gives it much more emotional appeal yeah and it gives you a way to say i'm not unfortunately we're not supporting that event right now all of our money goes to veterans or it just helps you say no when you need to say no and yes when you want to say yes i mean you own it so you can say yes when you want to but so that that was a good that was a good thought there for you guys um what else what else do you guys think about marketing, just how to get started. Yeah, it's just balance is the hard. Yeah, I mean, hard. really, what it comes down to it is um, like finding employees right now. It's not like just that it's hard to find employees, but it's hard to find good, trustworthy, loyal, 
responsible people that mm-hmm. take ownership of what they do. Yeah. You know, um, that's the challenge that we're seeing. I don't know if you might have any insight on how to improve on on that. Yeah, so if I had to give advice, so my brother, we were in the same boat. We live in rural East Texas, and you kind of don't have talent just laying around. So we kind of had to start building our own, um, and we started what's called the Home Service Academy. Um, and fortunately, we have access to this because we were larger when we launched it. But if I was back at being a million-dollar company, then I think what I would do is probably look into a different approach of how can I kind of home grow them? And so I would, I would, if you can cash flow it, how can I bring on a person or two that knows they are in training mode? So the question that we're talking about is how can we get um, more employees and faster in quality? Yeah. So like my brother's goal is eight weeks, they're in the truck and rolling through maintenance. And so unfortunately what's really hard is to bring on a demand tech, somebody that can go out right now and fix the problem. Yeah. So we kind of just restructured our thought process and we were like, better yet, how do we get who we have faster on the demand track and hire in maintenance techs that we teach them how to do the basic maintenance on, on the heating side and on the cooling side. And then they will start interacting with pieces that are tied to um, the, some demand. Because you get out there to do it and you're like, oh, they have this problem and this problem and this problem. And so um, I think a good strategy would be to, can you home grow them? Can you afford to do that at all? That's where I would start, or at minimum, I would start really incentivizing people to learn things faster. So, you know, a lot of people get stuck on high center. Like, I feel like I'm a good tech. I come to work every day. I mean, what else do you want? How can I incentivize them to be a mentor to someone that is younger to help me? But social media and branding will also entice people like, I want to go work for them. Yeah. Like, they're doing some cool stuff. But there is no secret magic bullet to, to retention and and the acquisition of new talent, other than just diligence, yeah. I would say. So the industry um, standards, it was 31 was the age of the service tech, yeah. now it's 51. Yeah, that's scary. And then, yeah, every 15 techs that retire, only seven come in. Yeah, and it's got to be a, ma- a matter of getting getting um, a lot of things where you're you are the place to work so that those young people are attracted to it, but they're going to be green. So how can you develop them to be really good maintenance techs first? So, guys, thank you so much for visiting with me. I told you it wouldn't be too scary. Number one, I could talk to a wall. So I hope y'all are okay with me talking so much. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of From the Yellow Chair. If you love what you hear, we would love to have a five-star review from you on Google or like and share all of our content on social media. Thank you guys so much for sipping lemonade with me, Frank, and Alan. And it was an honor to be here. More content coming from Draper, Utah soon. Thank you so much. Have a great day.